And now, a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Samaj Music Group, a Louisiana-based independent record label, bringing to you all original music with that Louisiana sound. Their genre includes rap, R&B, hip-hop, funk, and pop. To get a feel for their sound and featured artists added to your playlist, be sure to go follow them on Instagram at Samaj Music Group and Facebook for updates and up-and-coming projects today. Samaj Music Group. Strategic People, a Louisiana-based music production team specializing in audio, visuals, and media. This group is also well-diverse and can get to work on your next up-and-coming album project. Be sure to check out strategicpeoples.com today and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Strategic People. For anything music, think Strategic People. You're listening to One Sound, One Theme Podcast, a Strategic People's production, where we highlight and promote entrepreneurs, startup businesses, independent music, and creators, while offering information and inspiration on topics everyone can relate to. Thanks for tuning in to One Sound, One Scene Podcast, representing the 337, the flatlands of Lafayette, Louisiana. It's your girl, Slane Marie. And your girl, Daisha Nicole. Be sure to go to our website at onesoundonescene.buzzsprout.com on your mobile or web device. Hit the subscribe button in the top right-hand corner of the screen to get updates on new episodes. You can also subscribe on YouTube at One Sound, One Scene. Be sure to hit the bell for notifications for up-and-coming shows and to catch up on past episodes. We have a special guest joining us today. He's a motivational speaker, fitness trainer, psychologist, and author of the self-help book titled, What's Your Kick? The Guide to Unlocking Your Passion. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jonathan Polidor. How are you today, sir? I am doing amazing. I am awesome. I'm highly blessed, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. I can't wait. I'm I can't wait either. <laughs> I'm excited, so I'm excited yeah. sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, today we are talking about your book. Um, what's your kick? First and foremost, I like to say great read. Um, I appreciate I've it. read a few self-help books in the past. And um, I must say this one was one of the most vivid books I've read in a long time. Mm. Um, okay. In terms of the stories you were talking about, like talking to your mentor to help you discover your manifesto. Um, yes. Trading for <laughs> fitness competitions and going to yeah, college. Hey, hey, hold yeah. on. You're spilling it. I'm not finished. I'm sorry. She's not done. <laughs> okay. 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 No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read it anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, the way you broke things down in the book is really relatable to anyone, you know, whether you're an avid reader or just a beginner. So um, this book can resonate with any level. So with that being said, have you always aspired to become a writer or did it no. just happen? No, I did not always. Um, typical African-American male, unfortunately, I spent 80% of my life as an athlete. Uh-huh. From probably three years old until the past 10 to 12 years of my life is all about athletics, whether that be martial art, basketball, most of my life, and then ultimately fitness training. So mm-hmm. everything about me, unfortunately, was about my physicality and and wow. what that brought to the table. I did so many things. You know, all my public speaking I'm doing right now, I started off doing the fitness thing first as far yeah. as going to the schools, talking about health and wellness, doing fitness demonstrations and uh, pull-up tricks and push-up tricks and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I go into the school as an intellect. I go into the school as a thought leader. Mm-hmm. I go into the school showing the kids the importance of 
uh, literacy and education and using your, your your mind to get through those doors, not your hands and your body. Right, right. See, most times it's mostly a female conversation about their body and not getting their mind respected. Well, I was going to these schools because of my body, not my mind. Mm. So when the school started calling me for my mind and not my body, that was a big drastic change for me. Yeah, yeah. As a as a as a as a man, as a person. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of yes. what sparked the motivational speaking and all that. Well, well, in the beginning, it was it was like I said, the physicality, right? Mm-hmm. I was blessed to meet some guys out of New York called the bartenders, right? And they do <laughs> self empowerment, motivation, but through fitness. Mm. Fitness is like a step show for a fraternity or sorority. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the glitz and glamour in the hand class for the fitness, but they're dropping all these educational jewels in the middle of that. Wow. So I'm out there in New York going to all of these schools with these guys in Coney Island and Brooklyn and the Bronx and all that. But I'm seeing these guys' ability on the microphone to motivate thousands of kids with their words. Beyond their physicality and their strength, their power with their words and their mind really caught my attention yeah. almost 12 years ago and their level of intellect. So whenever I came back home, I started reading a ton of books and, and, and doing more public speaking about education and uplifting yourself more so than health and wellness. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that started my journey. Wow. You just never know what's going to unlock another passion, no. you know? You can never, you can never know. No matter. Yes. That's so, strange, huh? Yeah. So when did you realize you wanted to write this book and how did it come okay. about? Okay. So um, first and foremost, I probably spent... Let's lowball it and say the past 13, 14 years of my life reading books night and day. Mm-hmm. Night and day, I'm just binging on books. That's what I do. Hundreds of books. So I felt like, you know what, Sean? It's only right before you die to at least write one book. Yeah. You love books so much. That's the Stop being That's a consumer one. and be a producer, mm-hmm. right? And, and then, um, it's in the book, actually, if you read it or not. My wife and I went to UL's library mm-hmm. on their campus. And I was so excited to go to the UL library, be in the college library, and find my African-American history. And they had nothing. And I was so disappointed <laughs> at what they had. Right, right. And so to answer your question, specifically, the anger and the rage I felt about that, I told one of my friends about it. He said, Sean, write your own book. Mm-hmm. And that's probably like, you know what? I think I will. And that's really how Wish So Kick got written because of my frustration at the UL library. And the lack there. So if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have written the book, to be totally real. That's that's awesome. So yeah. on your journey to writing this book, did you learn yes. anything surprisingly new about yourself? Yes. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say surprisingly, right? It's the, the same tried and true thing with me. Nothing ever come to me easy. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever handed to me. So my ability to take adversity take trials and tribulations, the stick-to-itiveness, that dogged determination, and I mentioned it in my book about uh, stubborn goals, flexible methods. Mm -hmm. I stay stubborn about this goal no matter how many adversities in my life happen, in my family, on my job. Because at the the time writing this book, I had two jobs and go to school for my master's. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wasn't just sitting with my feet up at Starbucks writing the book. Like, I was writing the book in the middle of the hurricane. Yeah. 
And so I proved to myself that I could withstand anything is what I learned about myself in writing this book. So in writing this book, like how long did it take you to complete? Because I know, you know, you right. most likely was writing it on your breaks and off time, kind of oh, like part time. Yeah. Right, so right, like, right. How long was well, your journey? It's a complex answer, right? So actual writing time, it might have been barely four months. Yeah. But in For between that, <laughs> you go you go into uh, the editing phase, for example, right? You're not just going through the thing one time. Like, all right, it's good. You're doing, I mean, like being in a music game, what you, what you do with the music, mm-hmm. you're going through this thing a thousand times. Yes. So, like, I read What's Your Kick probably 12, 13 times before it even went to the uh, the publisher. Right. So by the time the book finally came out, I did not read my own book. But I finally got it in my hand. I did not want to read my own book. Because I read it so many times. Yeah. Going through the process, and then you got the formatting process. Like, all of these individual things could take weeks per process. Mm-hmm. The writing is a small part of the equation. It's the editing. There's the formatting. There's getting the cover right. Uh, th- there's all kind of components to writing the book that people don't think about. Yeah. When it comes to that, but so so the total time, it might have been six seven months total time to produce this book. That's good. I thought it was gonna take a lot longer. I thought about writing my you know, own book uh, too. You should. You should. <laughs> I, th- I think I think every person on the planet has an individual story yeah. that needs to be told. Yeah. That's my real opinion. But I think you know when the time is right. Like, you will know. I feel like when that time they is going to be right, it. yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to be inspired to do it. Yes, because I'm going to tell you what, it's going to be so strong in your chest, in your mind, mm-hmm. it will not stop until you start writing. Yeah. You're going to be tossing the turn at night, you can't sleep, in the morning, the first thing in the morning, like, man, I got to get this out of me, that's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I have to get this out of me. Yeah. And then when you finally do it, you can sleep. Uh-huh. You have peace. <laughs> you have that calm. Whenever you do, you know, that's what the book is all about, right? Your life calling, your purpose. Yeah. When you're finally doing your purpose, it's so much more peace in your life. Yeah. Even with a lack of money, even with a not so hot relationship, even with a bad job, when you do what you're supposed to do, the peace is unreal. And not just the peace, you get clarity. Clarity. Yes. So much clarity. Like my mind yes. is free. I feel like I'm in order. <laughs> yes. Like, Everything is good with the world. Yes. Yes. I I don't have bad days. <laughs> no. But but to also answer your question about the speed of my writing, I did a lot of outlining and background work before I sat to write. Mm-hmm. So I was never just sitting in front of the computer with a blank screen, like oh, what I'm about to say. I knew every writing session. Exactly what I'm about to say. Mm. I had all the chapter titles already. I had the sub chapter titles already. I know when I'm going to sit down at two o'clock. I'm writing about this today. Yeah. And I did not write the book in order, which is very unorthodox. Yeah, yeah. No, I did not write the book in order. You know, we have full lives, all of us as people. How did you pinpoint exactly what part of your life you wanted to put in this book? Because like me, if I sit down thinking about writing a book, I mean, I got so much. I can't even really tell a story without it being like an hour too long. Yeah, because I'm I'm 37, right? I'm 37 years old, but I feel like I've had four lifetimes already. Yeah. And talking to certain people, they know Sean from certain points of that four phases. Mm -hmm. You know, so depending on who you are. To answer your question, when I did my outline of the book, it was all based on principles. 
So the parts of my life I chose to be transparent about was only to display this particular principle. Mm. I'm showing you when I was disciplined. I'm showing you me goal setting, chapter eight, mm. you know, reverse engineering your goals. I'm showing you me uh, finding a mentor. You know, all those things were principles. And I'm just showing you my life, how I utilize that principle. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be transparent so the reader could see this is how I overcame certain things, you know? Yeah. And maybe you can do it too. Yeah. So the book the book is not meant to be like Sean knows it all, Sean got the answers. It meant like this is what I did to overcome some things. Maybe you can use these tools. Right, right. And that's what I got from it. Like and yeah. it, it helped me sit down and like re reanalyze like what I was even doing. Like I told you, I said I'm, I'm I'm stuck on finding my manifesto. Like <laughs> for a while, I it's couldn't important. get past that page. Like I need to figure out my manifesto. I mean, yes. I put that book down yes. and I sat down and I pondered and I pondered, and I said, you know what? At the end of the book, I said, all this time I believe I already had my manifesto. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> See, for for me being the producer of the book, whenever people share with me what they got from the book, or they show me their actual notes, some people have done that. They show me their notes. Mm -hmm. They show me their highlights. I was just going to say, reveals that. I a lot to me. I have highlights in the book too. <laughs> I don't yeah, have notes, I, I but I have it. highlights. <laughs> I tell all people, I want that book to be so tattooed up and the pages folded on the side. I don't even recognize like, it. Utilize the book, right? <laughs> look, look, look what I say. If you want a pristine copy, buy more than one copy. Mm -hmm. But please take that book and mark it all up. Put the right in the margins. I mean, I want it to be totally towed up when I see it. Because mm -hmm. that's when you're really, really using it. Yeah. It's like seeing a person with a with, with a, a real pristine Bible. Yeah. Not using that Bible. Oh, yeah. That thing be so color-coded. The sides be all bent up. <laughs> the sides bent up. You know, you highlight and go to the next page. Yeah. Like, you show a person really you've been studying mm -hmm. when you see that. They're doing the actual work. I tell any person, if you read what's your kick, front to back, and don't answer the questions, you miss 80% of the book. Because mm -hmm. the writing in the book that I did is 20%. Mm -hmm. the, the, the questions you answer, that's the 80% of the book for you. But I'm telling you, it made me ponder now. You know? It made me ponder. That's good. That's, that's, I, I was going for that. Yeah. I want it to be a conversation, not like a one-sided, like a monologue, like uh -huh. me talking to you. Yeah. It's back and forth. I'm asking you questions. Answer the questions. Yeah, and I don't want to give away all the jewels you know? in the book because if anybody I mean, yeah, listening yeah, that yeah. ever heard it, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking yeah, you, like, got, you gotta get the word. She look at you should see her. She look at it from the side of her face like don't say nothing else. <laughs> I know, right? We killing it. We killing it. We killing but not, we not, we not. I don't yeah. mind sharing, man. But I'm gonna just say this because I'm excited about this. Yeah. One of my favorite parts in the book, besides okay. another part that I'm gonna share today, is about the four M's. And yes. I'm going to leave it okay. at that. Let's okay. go with okay. it. Okay. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> no, she's going to leave you gonna it. You're going to break it down. You're going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. So y'all okay. can go get the book and learn okay. it for yourself. <laughs> right. Can, can I just say something without uh -huh. spilling it? Okay, so the four is the point of that to me in the book, as the producer, I felt like if a person could identify what specifically motivates and drives them, they can tap into that at will and get so many more of their goals done. Yes. So I felt like if I was in junior high, if I could have known what my motivation was, my tool, I probably could have been like 4.0 student. Yeah, I believe I that. probably could have got so much more done. I probably could have avoided some trouble I got into here and there if I would have known, sure, mm -hmm. this is your M. And also, I kind of wrote in a controversial kind of way in that part because I wanted people to realize your M might not be cool to your sister. It might not be cool to your mama. 
Might not be cool to your spot, but this is your motivation. Right. If you are motivated by this, well, just do this. With all respect to them, you know? One of my M's had me looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> and it was like, I do get hung up on that. Because yeah. I'm such a uh, perfectionist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely a revelation, man. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yes. Thanks it's one of my favorite chapters as well. Yeah. P- people are probably listening like, what in the world are the ears? Go read the book. <laughs> can, can, I, can, I, can I give the ears or no? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Look, look her face. Just go ahead. <laughs> it, uh, okay. So so one of the M's out of the four M's is money. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are taught that money is the root of all evil. And if you like money, you're going to fall and Blah, blah, blah. Like, if money is your reason for staying up till 5 in the morning working on something, if getting a house for your family or getting your kids to a private school is your motivational drive, who am I to say that's wrong? Right. Look, as you're not hurting people, mm-hmm. you're not hurting yourself, you're not doing something illegal, man, by all means, if a watch is your motivation, man, go get the watch. Right. And I know guys in my circle that are motivated by material things that I don't find on, on them because of that. That's just not my particular M. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the another M was uh, this kind of difficult, controversial, but but the opposite sex, the mating, right? Mm-hmm. That could be male or female, by the way, not just the guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we've seen some celebrities, they're always surrounded by women, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying they're literally sleeping with all these women. They love having that feminine energy around them. That's why they train the way they do. That's why they eat the way they do. That's why they write the way they write. Mm-hmm. Because of that opposite sex energy. And if you know that's your M, don't suppress that in yourself because society say, oh, no, you wrong for that. And you it is, you it that. If that's your M, just do it under control is what I would say in the yeah, book. Yeah, I agree. Whatever uh, fuels third, your tank. <laughs> yeah, whatever fuels your tank. Just, I say it like this, like, like, like it's a fire, right? A fire under control could cook the food to have dinner tonight. Yep. But out of control, burn the whole dog whole house down. Right. Mm-hmm. Keep your fire under control. Mm-hmm. And I even gave certain people to make examples, right? Floyd Mayweather, 50 Cent. Because there are a bunch of guys that you can tell they love the they love the glamour. Mm-hmm. They love the lights. They love the watches and the chains and the briefcase of money and the women. But look how they work. Look how they work. Look at their determination. Look at their discipline. Unmatched. Along with unmatched, clearly. Clearly. But you know why? Because Floyd, in 50, at an early age, realized this is my motivation. Right. This is why I'm getting punched in the face every day at practice. Admit that to yourself is all I'm asking, right? Uh, the third M was uh, my favorite M for myself, uh, Mastery. That's me. I'm a public, I'm a public speaker. Uh, now I'm a writer and I do other things. I want to be the simple best at my craft possible. That's the mastery. Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, Serena Williams, uh, Tiger Woods, uh, we can name different people. The money happened to come along with their determination, right? It wasn't about the money, though. Right. Like, I'm shooting this basketball in an empty gym anyway. Right. I'm, I'm on this tennis court. The camera's on or off anyway. If I happen to get paid well for doing it, so be it. Extra but it's not the reason why I'm doing it. Right. 
So a lot of what I do, I don't get paid all that much for, but I tell you what, nothing feels more gratifying than what I do. Right. Nothing I get paid for feels like what I love to do. That's real. Now the fourth M, a lot of folks email me about this, they call me about this. We live in that world to where you want to have 10 different streams of income, right? And Everybody want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be the CD man and sell pecan candy and do T-shirts and something else, right? We understand that. But the fourth M is momentum. These mm-hmm. people get off on starting stuff. Boy, I'm going to school. I just, I just signed up for school. Yeah. I just uh, I, I started an LLC. Or I got nine profits. Or I started this. Like, like, they get off on starting stuff. I know a bunch of people like that. Like, you would, you know, how about this? They get the same adrenaline rush for finishing something by starting something. Mm. They feel that same rush from getting that championship ring just by starting the season. Right. Not saying it's right or wrong, but if you know that's you, you got to find people in your team around you that's good at finishing and executing. Cause they got some These people, people are most times very visionary. I know some guys yeah. like that. They're I visionary. I got to say that. Great idea. But their idea ability man. to execute is not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that high. So, yeah, that's the full ears in the nutshell, people. Yeah. So, go get the, get the book. book and di- and yeah, dig into it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I want to know. Um... Okay. <laughs> he said, okay, he read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm born ready, man. <laughs> born ready. I do this. <laughs> Um, as you were writing the book, like, did you leave certain parts out and say, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, I'm not going to talk about that in this book. I want to leave it for another book. Like, do you have plans to write another book? Yes, I do have plans to write a lot more books. Actually, uh, like I said, I'm 37 years old. I'm still young. So yeah, you're young. All, 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 all the guys that I admire before they died, they wrote 50 and 60 and 80 books. Cool. All the guys I love, they wrote that many books. Um, do you have some stuff? Your question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do you have some stuff in your book? I mean, that you want to write about that you're not ready to write about that you're still like, you know, working on trying to see if you even want to release that. <laughs> no, no. Um, that's your first initial question about this. What's your kick was definitely a bigger book than what it is. But my mentor and I going through the editing process, I wanted the book, like she said in the beginning, I wanted it to be an easy read. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a simple read. I know we live in a time where people have short attention span. Mm-hmm. The book couldn't be 300 pages long. I wanted a smaller project on purpose. So, yes, there were parts of the book that we took out on purpose. Okay. Um, but the next book, The Power of Your Circle, shameless plug, The Power of Your Circle See, the first book is about yourself. You raising yourself up. You recognizing your gifts. The second book is about attaching yourself to other people now. To elevate that. Mm-hmm. To magnify that. Your circle can make you sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that second project, see, first is you. The second book will be about the circle. And the third project, I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, but it's, you it's, it's, it's a series. The step-by-step process. Yes. And yes. how to get to the end goal. Because if I'm not good with myself just yet and I attach to a circle, I'm going to bring that team down now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm coming there with my hand out instead of coming there with a, with a, with a plate to put on the table. I'm not right. bringing nothing to the table if I'm not right with myself. And also, 
if you're not right with yourself, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities because you're not you going to be wise enough to see that. No, you won't. Mm-hmm. And you will not have enough confidence to seize opportunities. Because mm. most times, a lot of things come to it. We think about it for real, honestly. The phone calls come. The emails come. Do you have enough courage in yourself to say yes? Do you feel worthy enough? Do you feel educated enough? Do you feel experienced or sharp enough to say yes? Right. That only comes from self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of self. So you, you will miss a lot of opportunities by not realizing your gifts, your weaknesses, your strengths. I mean, the whole nine. And all that's in what's your kick as you're answering those questions, you know? Yeah. I had... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was. <laughs> I no. had kind of a, a kind of talk like that with my son today. I was like, "You need to broaden your perspective and get around people right. who's doing things a little bit different from you, and yes. that's going places that you might think about you want to go to, but you never gonna know if you want to go there unless you start hanging around with these type of people." Now, yes. at the beginning, you might yes. feel a little uncomfortable because yes. that's not your comfort zone, but you win when you're uncomfortable. So yes. get used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> Nothing comes good in the comfort zone. No. Nothing. And like you were saying to him, I was blessed to go to the military out of high school. Now, I'll be real with you. I absolutely hated the military itself, but I did get a chance to see like 25 countries around the world. Yeah. And it did broaden my horizons to the possibilities of the world outside of Louisiana, outside of my little parish, yeah. outside of the area where I'm used to being at. When you start seeing that global perspective, and you, you start getting friends from other, other cities and other states, I started getting a lot of Midwest friends and East Coast friends. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow. Yeah. It was very mind-blowing. And like they say, once your mind is stretched, it could never go back to the original dimensions, right? Exactly. Those guys and ladies, they stretched me. And that made it possible for me to start getting my own self-education and then formal education, and then you go from there. Yeah. And then you have much more appreciation, and not just appreciation, but understanding of your starting point. You know, because my husband was in the military as well. We didn't get the opportunity to travel to different countries. But, I mean, just moving out of this state. I mean, and it allowed us, like you say, to meet different people coming from, like, overseas, Korea, you know, other states and stuff like that and meet new people, new personalities. Like you say, it broadens your horizon and it gives you a new perspective on life in general. It does. And and like you said, get out of the little parish. (laughs) Come on, man. We got to travel, man. Yes. And when we moved back home, I'm big on that. I had a fresh pair of eyes for Louisiana. And when you I do. say eyes, it was much more appreciation for where I right. came from because I realized that this culture is unique. There's nothing like Louisiana in any parts of the world. And I was like, right. just blessed to be from here. Because a lot mm-hmm. of areas mm-hmm. love what we have. They like to mimic oh, yeah, our they culture. Do. And yes, if you never left from here before, you'll never know that. No. You'll you never won't. know it. You won't. You really won't. Mm-hmm. You gotta expand that. You gotta expand that fish tank, man. You know, most fish, they only grow to a certain size and a certain size tank. Exactly. And the bigger tank you get, the bigger the fish can get. Yep. Until you start stepping out, man. I tell all the kids, try to travel, man. Instead of spending money going to the club at night and buying Jordans, get a train ticket, get a bus ticket. Yeah. And just go one state over. 
Yeah. Or two states old. Just just go to different parts of Louisiana. Just get out of here mm. for a little while. It would totally change the perspective. And if you can't even get outside the state to begin with, go to another little city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, well how about this too, right? I tell kids all the time, if you can't afford to travel at all, that goes back to the importance of reading. A book. A book will take yes. you away real quick. Because you can read about China. You can read about you know, Africa. You can read about all these. You can read about Mars. Anywhere you want to go yeah. in your mind. And what's so good about that? You get to imagine. You yeah. imagine it the way you, you can want. imagine. Yes. <laughs> and not just yes. reading nowadays with the internet. You can actually go there and virtually be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know so many guys that are self-taught guys, but their conversation is so sharp. You would think they were well-traveled, but mm-hmm. they're not. They just read widely. And they have that global perspective, you know. Mm-hmm. We got, we got, we got to expand, man. We think that our stuff is the best in the U.S. We we live in a, a box, like we think our music the best, our writings the best, our movies are the best. But guess what? Somebody in France got better movies. Yep. Somebody in Pakistan got better better hip hop than we do. Cause we we live in a global world, not just mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah. I agree. So we, we, we got we, we got to start reading books that are foreign. We got to start watching plays and shows that are foreign. We got to watch movies that are foreign. You start really opening up your intelligence. Uh, doing that. I'm listening to you. Um, not to yes, not to get off of all of that, but I'm listening to you speak. Okay. Like you ever thought about doing something for, um like our young guys around here. I feel like uh, you would be so awesome. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you know, um, cause I, of... I mean, like we, the man, they're so lost. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of them need that, um, that go-to guy, that positive role right. model. Cause I mean, uh, we don't, they don't have it. You know, I'm not. Go- right. I'm, I'm saying we. Um, like I'm a boy. They just don't have it. And dads are <laughs> no, gone. No, I understand. You I know, understand. like they just don't um, have it. And I feel like you would just be great for that. I appreciate that. I, I thank you for that. Well, my 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 nine to five occupation is uh, I'm a mental health professional, right? So oh okay, I, I, yeah. So uh, oh, I have so about you 15... do, you're doing the work right now? Yeah, I just yeah, got I, I just got out that field. Okay, okay. I've been twelve, thirteen years as far as dealing with the youth. Dealing with the Deltas and their U program, the AKAs, their U program. A lot of different programs I've dealt with with the youth. I've been doing this. I love doing this. And uh, I will continue doing this at different levels, different mentorship programs. So, yeah, I've been, I've been boots on the ground doing this, man. And I missed that in a part of uh, What's Your Kick in the beginning. Like, where I get my stance from is my time being a mentor and a counselor, but also a trainer. And just seeing the commonalities in people. Hmm. The most successful people I knew had a clear-cut idea of what they should be doing. Hmm. They knew their passion. And the people that I saw that was depressed and sad and anxiety and you name it, had no idea. They were just wandering in life. Right. They had no anchor. Like I said before, if I get fired tomorrow, <laughs> knock on wood, I don't have a job anymore, but I know where I'm going still. My GPS still here. Mm-hmm. Take my family, take my wife, take my whatever. My GPS still right here. Yeah. But those other people had no GPS. You just drive and wasting gas. 
So that's why I wrote Wish Your Kick to help people start getting that GPS, that North Star in their life. And correct me if I'm wrong. Look, we both we both taking some breaths because I'm ready to ask. Yeah, being that you're in the mental health field, like I would say, just you know, me thinking on my own accord, that to me, not knowing your purpose, that's where depression stimulates from. Oh yes. You know. Think about this: if you're middle aged, like in our thirties, I believe that. And you and you're on social media, Lord Jesus. That's social media depression now. Most of your classmates, most of your classmates get married, they got kids, Doctors they got always. the house, mm-hmm. their kids going off to college at this point. I mean, and you feel like, I don't have any of this going on. You're totally just sinking in yourself. Hmm. It's a very dark place to be in. It's hard to get out of. Hmm. I couldn't Look imagine. Look at the, the, the anxiety, like, man, I'm in my late 30s, I don't have a kid yet. I only got a certain amount of years to make a kid and I don't have a man yet. I don't have this yet. I don't have the right job yet. Yeah. I haven't graduated yet. Like all those things cause anxiety and turmoil and stress on the inside of you. And pressure. And pressure. To right. for anything. I feel like yeah. I feel like it does cause yeah. that. I mean, just when I was out of work for like six to seven months. Too much time on my hand, I believe, was giving me anxiety and causing me some depression. Because, child, I was thinking about some stuff I, I had no business thinking about. They get that, they get that negative self-talk, oh, right? Oh, my yeah. God, yes. That's, that's, that that self-talk is key. Mm. And, like, yes. with, like, the type of person I'm, I got something to do every day, right? So, like, yeah. I just sit down and I think about people who don't have anything going on at all. That's, day think in, about it. And that, that's, out. that's bad. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how somebody could live... Not only like that, but you're living in your head. Because yes, you do. there's nothing going on outside of that. So you're living no. in your head. And that's so unhealthy. I had a um I had a job for a lumber company for like eight years. And we deliver material all over to all these different cities, right? And we would drive by Wednesday at like one in the afternoon and see all these guys on the block just chilling. Hmm. They smoking. They got a bottle or whatever. Like, they they, they relax, like, cool. And I asked my homeboy, like, man, how do they live like that? Like, you have no aim. Mm-mm. Whenever they walk, it's all, like, slow and, like... Yeah. It, it, it's no appointment. Nobody's expecting you. Nobody's waiting on you. Like, you get up whenever. You go to bed whenever. It's very unruly, like, mm-hmm. no structure. you just here. Yeah. They running from something though. <laughs> that, that... It's, like the, it's like the Walking Dead in I... real life, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it. That's why I said in chapter one, your kick is going to determine your day. Yep. My kick determines when I go to bed, when I wake up, what I eat, what I won't eat, what I won't drink. My kick determines that. Before this interview, I'm trying to find the right tea for my voice. There you go. Before this interview, I'm doing certain things because my voice is my bread and butter. Right. I keep determined that. I can't afford to smoke all day. I can't afford to drink certain things. I can't eat certain foods. Mm -hmm. My kick dictates that. Not my religion, not my family. My passion and what I choose to do dictates my life principles. If you don't have that, yeah. you're doing whatever, whatever. You have to protect that and take care of that by all by any means. Any means, but, yes. But but what do what do like what would you tell somebody that doesn't even know, like, their kick? Like, right. Well, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, and I'll be like, 
I'll tell them like I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have two businesses, of course, but yeah. they'll be like, I don't like. I'll talk to them and they'd be like, you see how you saying you want to do this and you want to do that. I don't have anything that I want to do. Like I just want to, you know, work. Like I don't have anything that I want to do. What would you tell somebody? What advice would you give them to help them find their kick? Yes, ma'am. And that's why I asked um, within chapter one, these key questions about, like, for example, what kind of thoughts energize you upon waking in the morning? Mm-hmm. Get up in the morning, what energize you? Like, I can't wait to do this. Mm-hmm. Or going to bed at night, what keep you up at night thinking about the anticipation? Like, today for this? Five o'clock today? I was last night thinking about this. <laughs> So for a person that don't have their kick at all, what is that for you that keep you up at night right. in a good way? Not right. stress. In a good way, like, boy, tomorrow go to the studio, go record this song, or tomorrow I'm going whatever you do, make some blankets or whatever. Some um, people don't have, have it right. at all, though. Um, I know at one point in my life, I, I didn't know. Like, I had no clue. Tell it yeah, dawned on me all, one we day. All trying to search. You know, um, it dawned on me. I also asked, how do you define success? That's a loaded question. That one question alone. How do you define success? Yeah. Is that monetary? Is that leaving an impact in this world? Mm. Making history? Is that your family lineage being set up? Is that what, what, what is that for you? <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh next, I love this question. What came to you easily as a kid? You know why I love that question so much? Most people actually run from their gifts. What I know a guy real good at photography, right? I know a guy real good with that camera. He said, Sean, for I don't know how many years of my life since I was a little boy out playing with a camera. Mm-hmm. But I put it down to go and try to pursue this, try to pursue that, try to pursue this. And then to be like 20 years later, go right back to that camera. Yep. Like, you know what? This is what I put to do in a whole... I, I wasted 20 years playing around. I had that... I still had this camera in my head. I had that kind of conversation with my brother um, a oh, few months man. ago. And, you know, like he said, you go through life, life beats you up, you get things and do things, you know, for the me, sake of taking care of your family. And right, I asked me, this, I said, brother, I said, what did you do? Think back to your childhood. What did you do that you did carefree? You didn't have to think about yes, it. And it made you feel easily. good. And I, he right. said exactly what I knew he was going to say. He said, art, drawing. See? I, I figured you were going to say that. Get back I don't know to why that. I figured that. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a great writer. Like, he can write songs. He could write poems. You got to tap in, and man. And he draws really well. And not a lot of people know that. And it's like, brother, right. get back to right. art. Do that. Right. And he started doing that again. That's so, yeah. Let me tell you, my, my personal situation, right? Uh, my grandfather, a uh, 60-plus year preacher. My grandmother was the first lady at that church all those years. My grandmother, 40-plus year educator. My mom educator like my my pedigree in my family is education and, and religion if you will right i spent most of my life running from both of those <laughs> and now i do it in a different kind of way but i spend so much of my life now teaching that's in your dna <laughs> I'm, I, I'm teaching i'm instructing i'm providing information i spent so long running from that I like those I, questions though, like to to where you gotta ask yourself that, like yeah, right. Um, look at this question, right? If you suddenly had two weeks off from your current job, what would you do with most of that time? 
if you all of a sudden had two weeks, you could do whatever you want. What would you do with most of that time? I would sleep. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. Because <laughs> you're going to sleep. You, you, you're a sleepologist? <laughs> you're yeah, a sleep specialist, that's, huh? That's a new career, sleepologist. She's a sleepologist, man. Like she got her PhD in sleepology. Like, <laughs> you know, I asked that question because for a lot of us, we want somebody a nine-to-five job, and we're doing our passions in little spots. Yeah. We're speaking at schools here and there, a little sprinkle here, sprinkle there. We're writing on our lunch break. We're working out, going to the gym late at night or early in the morning. Like my wife, for an example, with the health and fitness, if she had two weeks off, she would just live in the gym. And that's it. Like, like lock her in the gym for two weeks straight. Bring some food to her, bring her a little snack. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, that's her passion. Yeah. Every free moment she gets, that's clear. Mm-hmm. Any day off is not sleeping, you know, uh, no offense to sleeping. It's not sleeping <laughs> till 12, and I'm going to just sit and watch Love and Hip Hop and eat Doritos. Like, no, I'm getting up early on a day off, and I'm going to live in there. Right. While the kids are at school, I'm getting it in. Right. Get them from school, make a little dinner, do the little homework, I'm going back. Mm-hmm. So every person should have something they can identify. Like, man, my free time, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. I love drawing. I love music, whatever that might be. And it was bad too in our community. We made certain people feel bad about their passions. I can relate. We talk down on certain people. Like, man, all that music stuff, man, they get a job, bro. Yeah. All that fitness and health stuff, look at me with all that, man. Mm-hmm. I want my booty. Mm-hmm. I don't hear about no protein shakes and that, no green smoothie. I forget all the smoothies. Yep. Why talk down on somebody else's passion? Yeah. If it's not yours, be quiet. Exactly. Oh, say that again. One more time. One more time? One more time. But that same conviction, if it's not yours, <laughs> be quiet. Exactly. Right? That's like, so that's like, why you read so much? Yeah. Why would not read so much? That's like saying ugh to somebody what else. What kind of question is that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, rude. I get on my kids all the time. What you eating? That's ugh. real talk, though. Don't worry about it. I like that. Say that one more time. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Y'all silly, man. But seriously, I mean, like, I, I've been a victim of it, and I see other people go through it, where their spouse or their, because family could be the worst, their spouse or their family talk down on them the most about their passion. Yeah. And they can't get that support. They can't get that help. They can't get that pat on the back about what they love to do. Yep. And a so lot of the over, times, too. over years, you lose it. Yeah. And a lot of the times you end up doing something you hate doing because of it. Yes. 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 And then you wake uh, up 60, 70 years old and hating life with regret. regret. Oh, you regret it. And, yeah. and for my sisters out there, for the, for the ladies, man, what's your kick is important because as you become a mother and you become a, a wife and all these great things, over years, you can really lose yourself. Yeah. I've seen it so many times. You worry about the dance recital and basketball practice and the soccer game over here and I'm going to make dinner and do the homework. Yeah. Over years, you forget what did I like doing before I was a mother. Exactly. I can relate that. You what what, so what my hobby was? And- I've asked so many females that question. What, what was your hobby? Before you had kids, what's your hobby? Mm-hmm. And you sit there just blinking like, I don't know. Yeah. What you like to do? Yeah. And you know, a lot of times, we as women, we get what's called mom guilt. Okay. If we do something for ourselves, yeah, I do and, all the and time. not do it for our kids, we feel guilty. But I right. used to be like that all the time. But yeah. what I had to remember and put in the forefront of my mind, if I don't do this right now, my kids is gonna have to do it. 
So do I yes. want to do it or do right. I want to leave it for them to do? Right. And, and that you helps remember, me get through. Um, our sisters, you, you really set the tone in the house. I know the man is the heart, the head, and the leader, all that phenomenal stuff. But the women, most times set the tone and the temperature in the house. Hmm. So if you say, man, you know what? I want to go to school again, but my daughter's still in school. I'm going to wait till she graduates 10 years from now. Like, no, let her see you doing homework too. Yes. Let her see you eating healthy too. Let her see you working out too. Yep. And then she gonna know, man. Mama working out. Yeah. Mama eating healthy. Mama going to school at night. Mama doing a second job. Mama doing hobbies. That helped them to lead lead them by example, not by words. Right. They replicate actions. Yeah. More than words. So for any mother that's listening, man, you got something you want to do. You having that mommy guilt? Like, please try to find a way to push past that, and your kids gonna benefit more whenever you shine it. You have that mom guilt to talk to me because I had have that. Oh. Have that. Um, see, once again, some folks haven't traveled yet, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're flying, they always tell you, like, look, in the case of emergency, put your mask on first. Not your child. Put on your mask. So you can help them. Yes. If your mask not on and you pass out, your child's stuck. Exactly. Now, both of y'all passed out. Put your mask on first, then your child. So, yes, mom. Get your health and fitness together first. Get your mind together first. Get your relationship together first. And your child going to flourish because of that. Yes. It's a byproduct. Yes. Not the flip side around. It's not. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of this interview. If you like what we're doing and want to be a part of our movement and support the show, please go to onesoundonescene.buzzsprout.com. Click on the episode under the player, there are icons there. Be sure to hit the heart icon to the far right or go directly to patreon.com forward slash one sound one scene. There you will get exclusive info on what is offered to our aspire, inspire, and pour into other supporters and how your support will benefit what we do. We appreciate you and we thank you for any level of support. Also, don't forget to sign up for Spit That, guys. The deadline is this Friday, April 5th by 9 p.m. If you're a rapper, singer, poet, or comic, guys, be sure to sign up for that. It will be amazing. Registration is only $20, guys. If you want to attend the show, it's only 5 bucks at the door. Come be a part of the show. We will have uh, judges, DJ guys. We will have drink specials as well as voting. And the audience will be able to participate in that. So you don't want to miss that. If you're an independent artist with positive music and would like your music featured on an up-and-coming show, be sure to email us an mp3 file of sample-free radio versions of your original music and your social links to onesoundonescene at gmail.com. Please note that any music that does not meet all criteria mentioned will not be featured on the show. If you like hanging with us, be sure to tune in every Wednesday at 6 a.m. for new episodes at onesoundonescene.buzzsprout.com or on YouTube at onesoundonescene. Well, this concludes episode nine of our show. It's been super fun. Thanks again for tuning in to One Sound, One Scene podcast. Closing us out is a song from Strategic Peoples featuring SJ on point titled I See the Game. You can find them on Instagram at Strategic People and at S underscore J on point. Be sure to find this song on all streaming platforms, guys. Always remember, if you help enough people get what they want, you will always get what you want. Aspire, inspire, and pour into others. Until next time, folks. One sound, one scene. We are out. Yeah.
evident. Look, you see, cash rules everything around me. Cream, I gotta get the green. I gotta chase these dreams. I gotta hustle around the clock. It ain't no slacking when I roam. I gotta be a go getter. I can't ever stop. Some nights I sweat, I never ate. So I'm coming for the whole plate. I want it all. When I was down and out, what the fuck was y'all? Feeling like Mac and Soldier Slim, can I ball? Hey, I'm did it bopping through the city, feeling like a monkey king. And Chelsea was looking pretty. She a black queen, she was down in the beginning. And I'm a BMW, a black man winning. I got the vision, I ain't talking about arithmetic. I see the game for what it's worth, so I move a little different. Since when it's cool to be the buyer, not the seller. Yeah, I guess the fire we're at the bottom like a seller. I'm chasing bank like a teller. My flow bring dough, and I could go with a beat or oh, acapella. Give me the mozzarella or oh, fame. Y'all hustle to be seen. I do it for my last name. Society is real, so I'm in the deal. Gorilla in the field. You could XK chill. I drop a bag on my rollie. Them dudes don't know me. I go Kobe with the fro. Them dudes can't hold me. I'm like Mike in his prime. LeBron in game time. I'm a own kitty, so you know I love to shine. I'm always on the grind, and I ain't talking Tony. See, I'm real. Them bars looking counterfeit. My bars ill, yeah. My flow been sounding kind of sick. My brothers say give them hell, so now I'm. My sister say get my mail, so now I'm stacking chips. I'm great, I'm perfect, I'm magnificent. I'm a tick, I see the game. 